0: Hey everyone, here is Daniel Budai with a new episode of the Ecom Show. And today I'm here with uh, one of the founders of Dex Pets, uh, Declan from Ireland. But now he's in the UK having some nice uh, holiday time. And uh, I'm very happy to have him here today because uh, their store, Dex Pets, it's one of the most popular, if not the most popular uh, pet store in Ireland. And now they are expanding. And this is a very interesting niche uh, my company also has a lot of experience in it so we will discuss not just their business but the whole industry nowadays hey Declan how are you today good to have you here hey Daniel thank you so much for having me on I appreciate it yeah so um, you founded a company uh, or not just you right you have it's a family business so your family founded the company and you yeah We, it was founded about four, four years ago. Um, Mm. So my,
1: my dad has been in the pet industry for about 15 years. Um, Mm. We moved from the UK to Ireland when I was a teenager. Um, And I actually worked in the industry as well um, when I was studying at university and things like that. And then I've moved, moved around. I've lived in London and then uh, most recently in Sydney. So, I left the pet industry. I went into the sort of tech world, uh, more on the sales side. But I always knew I would come back into the industry. I always had this this feeling. Um, My dad then, four years ago, decided to open his own business um, just in our local town. It's quite a large store um, and it became very, very popular. And then, two and a half years ago, um, I moved back with my, my family from Sydney. It was probably COVID that brought us back. Um, mm-hmm. my, my daughter was born right at the start of COVID. So it was a crazy, crazy period for me. Um, but then moving back to Ireland, I always knew I wanted to help the family business. And then with my experience in sort of the, the tech world, um, I wouldn't say I'm tech minded, but I know, I know a little about a lot in the industry, in particular in e-commerce. I decided to to jump into the family business and and see what we could do in in the online space and and help grow and expand it and eventually hopefully send my parents off
0: into a happy retirement (laughs) so that was the that was the plan that's a great plan and uh i think when you can combine business with family and in a good way then that's that's great so it's not easy for sure but uh that was this hollywood movie last year or two years ago about the gucci's i don't know if you saw oh, Yeah, it. But... myself and my <laughs> wife actually recently watched that yeah it is it is crazy working with family
1: because sometimes you treat each other like family and not colleagues so you sometimes yeah. don't speak to each other the right way and you argue and you bicker but then it's always fine in the end and we we all have specific like roles so the moment the sort of setup is that we have a large store warehouse, we have an office space as well where I work. So the store itself is where my father is. He's he's the retail guy. He doesn't understand the online space, but he mm-hmm. he wants to, you know, keep expanding that as well. So he runs a store with a team there as well. You know, my mum does all the social media, you know. We've got a very popular Instagram and, and TikTok accounts, you know. And she's it's crazy. She's learned that. From, from nothing, you know, she's she's in her early 50s and she's took, took it upon herself over recent years and it's going really well. My brother recently joined the business. He was working in insurance and we needed extra help and he jumped in and he helps with all the marketing activities and works closely with me. You know, my wife does content for us. Um, some of the staff members that work in the store all dip in and help and input ideas and come up with initiatives. Um, and that's what's really worked for us is that we've always been willing to take risks it was a risk you know it was it's a bootstrap business you know it was a risk for my mother and father to do this but it it was built on the foundations of working with the community and and, you know we we call ourselves island's friendliest pet shop um and it's because we kind of care like we've my dad's like been sort of a pillar of the pet community locally he's now been like voted in as the chairman of like the WSPCA mm. um so we do so much for the local charities the dog wardens uh, and consumers as well like an example of that would be during covid we we were going out doing free delivery across the whole county you know you know pets needed feeding as well and we still do that to this day so our local our whole county get free delivery from from DexPets, whether that's if they're further away, whether that's with like a DPD, we won't charge the customers or we'll do it locally ourselves. So that's how the business was built locally. And we tried to, my idea was to transfer that into the online space. And it started off, you know, very small, of course, and just little things that I noticed that are, Competitors of ours now weren't doing, you know, handwritten notes and a free bag of treats in every single mm-hmm. order. Like we do that to this day, you know, hundreds and hundreds of orders. We still write a handwritten note. Thank you from Deck. Um, and that got us like even just word of mouth, people talking around, you know, around the country to their neighbors. Oh, why do not you try Dex Pets? And that also then reflects in like our trust pilot reviews. You know, we've got five-star reviews, and everyone comments on how how quick the delivery was and thank you for the free treats and and the written note like it was these simple things that have kind of started to set <laughs> us apart that weren't being done in my opinion that well in ireland um and it was we just tried to transfer what we were doing with the local community into the online space and, and showing that we care and giving the right customer service and, you know, you look at brands like Chewy in America, and I'm nowhere near comparing us to that, but, you know, Chewy send out bunches of flowers to customers if their pets died and things like that. So if we can take a few of those little points and bring them into the Irish market, which again, in my opinion is probably slightly behind in the, in e-com terms compared to say the UK, hmm. obviously the US um, it's kind of helped set us apart. So I'd say as well as that what else we tried to to do is leverage tech so what i did from the start is i hired a couple of freelancers that i still use to this day so i have funny enough my best friend is a is a developer who has his own business but also works for just eat and we built the website like from scratch um on wordpress and we ensured from the get-go that it was extremely mobile friendly. The PSI was high. It was easy to use. You know, the UX UI was, was great. And again, that helped us with customers. The feedback that we got was like, oh my God, your website's so easy to use. It's brilliant. It's very fast. Um, and we we're continually evolving. So I've leveraged tech, you know, we've got a loyalty platform on site so people can earn what we call pause like points Mm -hmm. and redeem them we we do our our utmost to look after our most little customers you know simple things like adding in chat functionality as well the amount of money that we've probably made through chat functionality is just is is brilliant like myself my brother even my mum we jump on them straight away whoever's free um try and give the right advice and help customers And being quite transparent and honest has really helped as well. You know, giving the right advice, not just trying to get that sale, you know, pushing people in the right direction, whether that be through us or whether that be through someone else. Um, That's how we've kind of, you know, tried to set ourselves apart. And along with like leveraging technology, um, we've also try and do our bit for the environment as well. Um, So we've currently planted over, I think, 2,000 trees uh, and rescued plastic waste. Um, and that is with, a. will give these guys a shout out because I think they're brilliant. It's through Greenspark, who are a startup in, in London. Um, they've been brilliant. We were, I think, one of the first brands in Ireland to do that. So, when customers in the checkout, we've got it set that if they spend over 50 euro, we will plant a tree and rescue plastic waste. And that is in the checkout as well. People can see that. And then we also have a landing page. People can go to and see the impact that we we've had. So we've done things like that, that competitors of ours have, haven't done, um, which is as really tried has actually set us apart even more. Um, and also I think, one of the things that I think most pet businesses will say was a blessing in disguise was probably COVID. Um, and it sounds, it sounds bad to say because so many businesses, you know, lost out, you know, people lost their businesses, they lost loads of money, but because pet shops were, uh, you know, uh, could stay open, we we did very well off the back of that, you know, in store and online. Um, and that helped us grow even further. And I know it's helped many pet businesses grow the, across the world. Um, so that was kind of a blessing in disguise for us as well.
0: Yeah, that's a great summary, I think. And I have many related questions to this. So I really like how you learn from your com- not yeah, competitors sometimes, but it's better to say that uh, similar companies in other countries or even different industries, I think. You mentioned the U.S. um, and yeah, probably the U.S. is the market where, you know, companies are the most uh, uh, innovative. They come up with ideas. The competition is the highest there. So in in a country, in European countries, I think you can, uh, you know, bring things from the U.S. and many times it will be a new thing for the European audience. So, yeah, that's that's a big one. by the way, I, I think the pet industry relatively did well during COVID, right? Because pets, they pe- pets, they they are still there. They were still there during COVID. They needed things, and uh, it was different than many other industries, you know, like fashion. I know they struggled, many of them. So. Yeah that right yeah a hundred percent i couldn't i couldn't agree more it's it's funny when i was in
1: university i was obviously working in the pet industry i wrote a a, a dissertation on why like the pet industry is recession proof Hmm. and it really is people will always spend money on their animals and yes during covid as well i think people uh there was obviously a big impact on animals being bought and stuff like that, which I'm not a big fan of. And there's been a a lot of problems off the back of that as well. You know, rescue centers being very full to the brim, Mm -hmm. but overall COVID really did help pet businesses. You know, we, we had people just coming in to store to come and look at look at some of the animals you know we have hamsters and guinea pigs and and rabbits so people would would use it as like a day out effectively because they they couldn't go to many other places um and you i see that as well globally you know looking at some of the biggest players around the world like their revenue has just multiplied because mm-hmm. of the back of covid
0: yeah yeah so i wonder um because this business was a or has been a, a retail business. Originally, it was a, re, a retail business, right? Like a brick and mortar store, a local store, and you started the e-commerce side around 2018. So, like for uh, I was like, uh,
1: no, the e-commerce was about was late 2020. So when I got oh, back, right, to, okay, only about two and a half years old, and the brick and mortar it it was much older, right? Yeah, it was 2018. The brick and mortar, yeah, and it was okay. yeah, it was set up. I think it was about 10 grand my parents put in. That was it.
0: That's that's great. Um, And can you see the overlap of the two audiences, people visiting the website and going to the store? And if you can see how, because, you know, nowadays attribution is a big topic. Even online attribution is a big topic, but talking about offline, online, then everyone goes mad. So...
1: Yeah, I mean, look, we looking at personas and stuff like that, I would say um, there are some similarities and there are a a lot of differences as well. Um, I think pet people in general, um, you could put a lot of them in in one bucket where they really care, they spend a lot of money, they have all sorts of different animals, they have dogs, cats, guinea pigs, rabbits. Um, You know, you have younger people now these days that mm-hmm. have, say, more indoor cats, you know, young professionals, they live in, a, in an apartment in Dublin, have a, an indoor cat that they, they worship. You have some of the older people as well that we would see online and in store who feed wild birds. Like wild bird is actually the second biggest category for us over cats. And you wow. see you see those people that come into store and they're buying peanuts and all sorts of seeds to feed the mm-hmm. wild birds. And we see those similar customers online as well. You know, they're happy. Some of them pick up the phone and call the store before their orders arrived. And they, they just want to have a chat with you. And it's so nice to to meet those types types of people. It's, it's very hard to to work on personas for us because we cover so many bases from like, dog products to chicken products so it's a variety of different people you know we have the younger generations that you know have a new puppy that come in you know you have teenagers or young families then you may have you know some of the you know maybe the TikTok generation that have their, their fancy type of dogs and stuff like that, that would use us. And then the young professionals is, is a big market for us in Dublin, you know, that maybe have one pet, they have a dog or a cat. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very much an indoor pet um, because they're always working. So they're, that's a big market for us as well. And they tend to, you know, spend as well. So our like average order value would be you know, 60 euro uh, across the board, but, yeah, it's it's uh, it's crazy. I would say most of the orders online are actually predominantly women. So I'd say eighty orders online are are women. Eighty percent of orders, I, would, mm-hmm. I say, um, which I find e- extremely interesting as well. I don't know whether it's a, yeah. a, a mindset in Ireland where you know men like to go out and physically go to stores and stuff like that. Um, the Irish market, as the e-commerce market, is is growing rapidly it is behind other territories i think there's a big emphasis on shopping locally you know i'm back in the uk now and all you see is is big chains everywhere ireland obviously you have that but nowhere near as much Uh, people want to shop local they want to look after independent brands and that has been reflected online with us you know obviously we've made mistakes as we've gone on and it might be a few issues with customers but so many people are so receptive and lovely when when they know you're a small business and you're just trying to do your best they're they're like it's absolutely fine do not worry it's no problem at all they're they're so warm and inviting when they know you're a small independent irish business um and it's it's totally different to say the english market the pet industry in ireland um there is a vast amount of independent brands. A lot of them aren't online. But even, for instance, I'm in currently in my wife's city of Preston in the UK. And I think there's one pet store. That, uh, it's Pets at Home. The population of Preston is about 300,000. Compare that to Cork City, which is the second city in Ireland. Similar population. There must be 15 pet stores. You know, Independent, oh, wow. chain, larger chains. You've got MaxiZoo, who are Freshnap Group, who are the largest, I think, in Europe. Pet Stop, Pet Mania, two of the largest brands. And then you've got loads of independents. Um, so I think the Irish mindset when it comes to pets is that they will shop local, they will shop more at pet stores than go into like the supermarket as they might do here in the UK. I think people in the UK would more than likely go to Tesco and get their, their pet products. Yeah. Um, in Ireland, there's more emphasis to go to an actual pet care specialist.
0: Interesting, and uh, I guess this is not not only in your industry, but in any industry. So they they buy food like this, more local and 100%. and uh, any kind of products.
1: Yeah, well, I think when when you come back to the UK, you see the high street it, it is dying, and it's such a shame to see. Like I was actually, I was down in London and and down in the southeast, and the high street is just it's it's so bad there's so many businesses there's so many uh, units up for for rent whereas in ireland um like in our local town wexford there, there's one main street and it's absolutely buzzing and predominantly it's independent businesses it's independent fashion businesses it's independent gifting retailers you have a yeah. few chains in mm-hmm. there as well you might have a jd sports and stuff like that um but it's it's a totally different, I think, mindset to say people in a bigger
0: market like the UK. And it's great to see. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, it really depends on the society, the culture, um, even the economy. So, yeah, that's very interesting. And uh, I guess that's why you decided to uh, plant the trees as well, right? Because it, what was, was it uh, done in Ireland or somewhere else?
1: Yeah, it's done. Uh, Green Spark work with like uh, UNICEF, uh, and they work with charities, you know, through there, and they're, they're working in, you know, it could be South America or Africa and stuff like that. But my, I am looking to plant more trees in Ireland as well. Um, mm-hmm. It's just that I wanted to leverage technology, and I I couldn't find anyone in Ireland that also had a platform, as well like Green Spark that I could plug into the back end of the site. Um, but I. We have actually planted trees with a local um, charity in County Wicklow. We did some, mm. we did that last year. We planted a couple of hundred trees and it's something we care about. Like there's a lot of wastage in the pet industry. You know, it's kind of, you know, if you, with, with children, I've got two young kids, you go to a, a toy store and it, it it just blows my mind how much plastic there is. It is absolutely yeah, yeah. crazy. And it's, it was like that in the pet industry for sure, but there is a lot more um, sustainable toys and treats and recyclable packaging everywhere. It's getting a lot better, but there are still a lot of um, uh, plastic toys and plastic waste. Um, so we've we've done as much as we can to limit the amount of products that we get in that aren't that they, you know, they don't have, you know, they're not environmentally conscious or they don't have recyclable packaging or it's not a sustainable business and stuff like that. So we've done our best to do that um, and grow out that category online as well. Because again, people, they, they want to buy those types of products. You know, Ireland is growing, it's catching up with the UK. People have more of that type of mindset um they understand what's going on in the world and and the impact of what you know plastic is doing and things like that and that's filtered through into into the pet industry in in recent years for sure
0: yeah yeah that's great to see so i wonder in the online space what channels do you use to acquire new clients what is important for us what is less important
1: yeah of course like being a new business it's all about ppc um we obviously are running Google Ads. Um, we have run social social ads as well. I I've made a couple of mistakes in, in that area, as I'm sure many businesses have. You know, you spend too much money at the start. You know, I was running the ads. Um, it's a bit of a science, as most people know. So I have outsourced that as well. Um, I've worked with a couple of agencies, and I'd say they worked and they didn't work. Um, we ran social media ads. We tried to put out interesting, different types of content to our competitors, but we weren't seeing a good um, return on ad spend. So we actually are not running any social media ads now. We're just running uh, Google ads. Um, So what we did over the last couple of years is that we ran, you know, we ran very fast. We acquired a lot of customers. We've got thousands and thousands of subscribers now. So we've kind of flipped the switch and focusing a lot more on retention, you know, utilizing Clavio. As most businesses, when they're small, they use MailChimp. They suddenly realize yeah. after a year or so, it's not a good enough tool. You can go to Clavio for less money. And, and we've really utilized that as well. You know, our segmentation, looking after our most loyal customers, you know, VIPs. And we've started putting out, you know, content that's not just, you know, here's here's an offer, you know, like most businesses are doing, or, you know, you could be a cat customer, but you're receiving dog uh, emails, you know, about dog products. We've tried to work a lot on our segmentation and personalization through our, our marketing channels and our, you know, our click-through rate and open rates are, are extremely good. Um, you know, we're pushing more content out when it comes to blogs, uh, trying to push out relevant content there. And funny enough, when we're, we're sending out email marketing about new blogs the the revenue that comes off the back of that is bigger than sending out a 10 percent discount coupon for instance it's it's crazy so we noticed i know i noticed that there was a bit of a gap there that you know i subscribed to all of our competitors and it, it just seemed like a lot of it was spraying and praying um, so i think we've done well there's a lot more to do as well when it comes to utilizing Clavio to to its maximum um but as well as that having you know things like stamps.io the loyalty platform mm-hmm. yeah. is brilliant for us that is you know been very well received and and it's utilized massively across all of our subscriber base particularly with our our most loyal customers we recently launched subscriptions so okay. not many of um uh, the pet companies in Ireland have subscriptions. Um, I I lived in Sydney. I used a company called Pet Circle when we had a cat. Pet Circle were uh, they're purely online um, in Sydney and they've grown rapidly. Um, and the subscription service was brilliant. So I always wanted to launch that here. So we launched that at the start of the year, and it was the main focus was to get our dog food customers onto subscription, uh, and that has uh, worked really well. And then we've also gone out to like our treats or you know, toys, cat food, cat litter, stuff like that. So that's worked very well for us when it comes to retention. Uh, like I said it's, it's been the plan this year is has it's been mainly on retention. Um, it's it's been the main focus since since January really. you know we've got so many subscribers mm-hmm. now we don't need to keep running. we just need to work a bit a bit smarter.
0: Hey Budai Nation, welcome to the Ecom Show. I ask you to subscribe to this podcast and if you like it, make sure you share it with at least one friend. As you probably know, we don't run ads. Our growth is purely organic, so it would mean the world to me if you could support us. I hope we can serve our audience in the best way. And now let's jump into the episode. And uh, yeah, just a few thoughts on this. So blog articles and content and sending them out in email... And it, it makes more money than your promo emails. Actually, that's something I can see with yeah. very in the pet industry, in the hiking, outdoor industry, some very more niche industry, or, yeah, more niche uh, industries like surfing, because people are so enthusiastic about mm. those things that uh, they just consume the content and they want to buy after uh, supplements as well so in fashion promo works the best discounting you know all of that because it's maybe more commoditized but but in yeah in a niche like pets then yeah content 100 percent it can work yeah. better than promo which is very interesting to
1: see it is extremely interesting anyway, you, you touched on um supplements there and that is um for instance we we, we recently put out a um supplements uh, blog um. Mm-hmm. We partnered with a brand in the UK, uh, natural supplements, but that sending that email out to our customer base. It, it was the best, it was the highest revenue out of any email we've ever sent over the last couple of years, which oh. it, it blew my mind, but it, yeah. I think, you know, it's one of those things, supplements for dogs is, is a, it's an exploding topic. Um, it really is, um, and like I said, people are more conscious about the environment. They're also conscious about pet's health and what they're feeding their pets. Mm-hmm. And like, that's a bit of a minefield in itself. There's lots of different types of businesses out there. Like you've got dog kibbles, you've got raw food, you've got freshly prepared food like butternut box, you've got cold pressed food. So there's so much information out there that I think people really appreciate it. If you're sending out content that is helping them, you know cut and splice some of that information and putting it into one article um, because it is a bit of a minefield and, and a lot of businesses are out for each other, you know, kibble, dog food kibble companies are talking about raw food and raw food are talking about them. And yeah, can, it can be, get a bit crazy for the consumers and, and a little bit unfair in my opinion, you know, we just try to give people the most honest answer possible. And and if we're not the right business to, to, to help them out in terms of the product range that we have, so be it like every dog for instance is different they they may require different types of diets you know just like humans you know it's 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 you know you talk about humans and different types of diets that has now come into the pet industry and it's Mm. it is a crazy minefield at the moment
0: yeah that's very interesting so actually dogs they need different uh, diets the different dogs yeah they can do you might have dogs
1: that have a allergy and get you know, skin irritations, so they might need to be on like a grain free diet, which is probably our biggest uh seller is our grain free um dog food. Mm-hmm. You know some people are you know companies like Butternut Box at the moment, which is freshly prepared food, you know, chicken, veg and stuff like that, which is individually packaged to cater the type of dog that you have that sent to your door that's grown massively as well um and then things like raw food raw food is like this area that there's people that are just completely pro-raw and that's all they will feed their dogs and they will not touch anything else Mm -hmm. Um, we you know we're not experts do you know what I mean we're not scientists we're not nutritionists so we we do our absolute utmost to, to help customers where we can and point them in the right direction as well like do your research like have a shop around get samples you know do you want samples of some of our food see what works for your your dog and what doesn't you know speak to your vet um but yeah, grain free is is, is, is grain free dog kibble is our biggest seller. Um, it's actually funny enough. It's actually manufactured about twenty minutes from where I am at the moment from
0: hmm. a company
1: called GA Pet Foods, who are one of the largest dog food manufacturers um, in Europe. Um, my parents, I, think were- I, I heard um, G- them. You said it. GA, G-A? Yeah, 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 yeah. My parents actually just got invited over a couple of weeks ago. Um, we're one of the biggest sellers of their food I- in Ireland. And they're invited over to a dinner, and we we're actually in this. Um, the, we're in this book on, on about how to build a, build a, a pet brand, and um, mm-hmm. yeah, we've we've got a great relationship with them. We've we've also one of the biggest things for us in terms of growing is that Brexit. I'll say the Brexit word. Brexit for most businesses in Ireland and the UK has been an absolute nightmare. You know, I think fifty percent of trade goes to the UK. So a lot of businesses suffered. So we looked at it like, uh, we looked at it like an opportunity, to be honest. So yeah. we we went around the UK and have built loads of relationships in Europe and have brought first-to-market brands into Ireland, you know, whether that be pet supplements or scoff paper, which is an edible dog card and, and it has edible ink. Um, mm-hmm. It's just made from potatoes. You know, companies... Uh, you know, like Woof and Brew, which do like, they do dog wines and dog gin and tonics, but it's all Mm. natural and like healthy for your dog. We're the first to bring them into Ireland. And um, so we've done well with that. We're trying to um, help other brands as well around the world, get into the Irish market and test it out. Um, As well as that, it's helped us like stand out. Um, you know we're not just bringing any type of product in, we're bringing in products that we feel customers will will need and they want and it's a it's a move in the right direction for the Irish pet market as well you know recently just got in a Cocoa pup I'm giving a lot of, a, a lot of shout outs here um uh, they <laughs> recently brought in Cocoa Pub, which is like a very Um, like a fashion harnesses collars leads and they do human accessories as well they have a huge following here in the UK Um, so we've taken lots of risks as well and some of it some of them pay off and some of them don't but I think when you're a a small business like ours there's no red tape there literally isn't we can just take those risks and give things a go yeah Um, and it's worked very well for us
0: yeah, that's great. And yeah, you always have to experiment with new things. Um, it's very interesting that you started the subscriptions with uh, dog food, right? So why why those products? Because I of think- this buy, buying cycle? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's our biggest seller. Uh,
1: we had a lot of customers that were, were on their own buying cycles anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought, it's a, a brilliant way to, to, to get retention as well. And also they will get a 5% discount per order. Mm-hmm. So they're saving a, a bit of cash. They're earning points as well on the loyalty platform. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just the right time to launch that. We've you know, we got thousands of customers that are buying dog food for us. I want to make it more convenient for them. want to make it easier. I want to give a little bit back to them as well because dog food has gotten so expensive. Um, since yes. sort of COVID, um, I, since, you know, the war in Ukraine and stuff like that, the cost of living and, um, you know, the raw materials, dog food, you know, some of the dog foods have gone up four times in the last year and a half. So people are feeling the pinch a little bit. So we try and keep our prices absolutely fair. Um, uh, and we try and give back where we can. And I think subscription has helped enable that, um, obviously there's always teething problems and customers are like oh my god i don't uh, two weeks oh it's too soon i need three weeks i need four weeks um but overall it's been a, a fantastic rollout for us and like i said there's only i think three other pet business businesses in ireland that are, are doing subscription um so yeah it's worked very well for us and we, we've done some very uh, some other random things as well. Uh, I don't know if I've mentioned to you before about our doggy vending machine. It's been a <clears throat> a massive like PR storm. So outside of the, the the store, the online, we try and do other crazy random you know projects. And we worked. Um, we've done some events and like some dog events and dog Christmas market with mm. a, a friend of mine that now he owns like four pubs in Dublin. And they're all dog friendly. And in Ireland, it was still illegal to bring a dog or a pet into a venue up until 2018 because of food hygiene standards and stuff like that. So there is still a lot of businesses that don't let animals in, which is crazy. Yeah. You know, yeah. here in the UK, you go to a it's very pub, different there. Yeah. you go to a pub and there's a man with his dog. Yeah, having yeah. A... But in Ireland, it's only slowly <laughs> changing. So we partnered with a a guy called Ronan that has four dog-friendly pubs in Dublin. Extremely dog-friendly. He's a big emphasis on it. He does events and and does bits for charity and stuff like that. And we came up with a concept in his new pub um, in a very nice area of Dublin. We were like, what can we do here that's gonna get get attention? We're like, what about a doggy vending machine? <laughs> so we did. We've got a Dex Pets doggy vending machine with. All different types of brands in there. Some of the new brands that I've mentioned are in there. Um, we've got a QR code that scans through to our website. So hopefully we can get some traffic to our website. And initially it was a bit of a PR stunt, but it's now actually turning into its own business in itself. It's been wildly successful. I had to write an article in the Daily Mail. <laughs> they, wanted, they wanted a piece in it. You know, different types of art, uh, articles across Dublin were out, You know, Dublin Live and stuff like that um ronan's been on like news talk on national radio and then off the back of that we've got another one coming in a dog friendly venue in cork at marina market which is a beautiful uh venue with um it's quite edgy a bit like sort of east london it's in an old um Mm. warehouse it's got food vendors they've got dog training and stuff like that in there but again it's one of the only venues in cork city that is dog friendly which is it blows my mind so we've got a vending machine going in there we just had a local councillor in Wexford ring us and say we need a vending machine at the the the, the dog park in town and it, it, again it's just it's just crazy but i think people are the irish consumers and the irish you know population are seeing that it is becoming more dog friendly but a lot more needs to be done as well and everywhere needs to be dog friendly you know all restaurants, hotels, pubs—in my opinion—they um, all should be dog-friendly. But we're trying to be at the forefront of that and raising more and more awareness um, because it's—it's it's, it's simply not good enough.
0: Yeah, I think that's also a great opportunity for you. So it's crazy. You, it's crazy. Yeah, you can't really aim for changing the Irish society on this. So ah, uh,
1: hi. Uh-huh. We're, we're such a small team, though, so we try and we try and do our bit and we 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 try and do our bit for charity there's there's so many issues when it comes to like animal rights and stuff like mm-hmm. that yeah i believe as well that you know ireland again is slightly behind the uk uk has a lot better animal rights and um but there's there's problems here as well but so many like i said my dad is the chairman of the wspca so he sees what happens and how many mm-hmm. dogs are in the rescue centers and are being abandoned and you know, during COVID families were buying dogs for stupid money and then realizing that, oh, you know, the, the kids don't like the dog and they're
0: putting it back into it. It got water. worse during COVID because people, they were at home and uh, they yeah. needed some company, right? They they got pets and yeah, I guess it got worse during COVID, right? It went through the roof and the prices mm. for, for, for dogs were just ridiculous
1: hearing things like people paying like a thousand euro for like a Jack Russell. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, I think a lot of it was like, yeah, I don't know if people were bored. They just wanted something to play with some to take out for a walk, but a lot of dogs are now back in those rescue centers and need, need to be uh, adopted. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not saying that everyone should adopt dogs because, you know, some dogs, haven't been looked treated well, and and they might not fit in with like a young family. But I would always say, l- go to your local rescue center first and have a look. Yeah, yeah. What's there and what might be suitable instead <laughs> of purchasing a dog. Um, that's just my own opinion. There's a lot of fantastic dog breeders out there, uh, uh, absolutely brilliant ones out there. We know a lot of them. We work with some of them. They buy food from us. Um, but my opinion is always like try and rescue a dog first. Like we have you know my parents have five rescue dogs um i am renting at the moment with my wife and kids um so we we weren't allowed a dog but we do have a a deaf rescue cat um mm. who's great with the kids um my sister's got five dogs so yeah it's it, it is crazy and i think covid was a big part of that as well it just yeah dog ownership has just gone through the roof um cats In Ireland, funnily enough, is not a huge market. It's a very dog-heavy market, whereas here in the UK, it's sort of 50-50 split. I think in France, it's more cat ownership and Germany as well. It's like 60-40. Yeah, I think actually
0: when I was in the UK, I was in Ireland, but only for a weekend, so I don't have much experience. But to me, it seems that uh, the UK, at least England, but even Scotland, the whole UK, it's very dog focused and continental europe more more cat than dog or or 50 50 let's say that's i could see the difference in the uk yeah yeah
1: maybe it's because i don't know in continental europe there's a lot more apartment living uh, and yeah. cats are, you know cats are so easy to maintain and look after uh like i said we have a rescue cat and she's just you just let her out the window and she's she goes off for the day and and we yeah. don't know what she gets up to uh, <laughs> but yeah it's ireland itself is probably like an 80 20 split but i see a lot of opportunity in the in the cat space because because dublin is such a say you know advanced tech heavy city a lot of people are moving to dublin a lot of you know a lot of americans a lot of europeans and they're all you know you know linkedins google's facebook's all have headquarters in yeah. dublin a lot of people live in there and a lot of them now are getting indoor cats. So it's not an untapped market for sure, but there's an opportunity for there for us as well. Um, so we're working on getting new uh, cat products into into market, first to market. We actually launched one, I think, yesterday that we saw at ZooMark in um, Bologna in May. Mm-hmm. Um, and we also brought in tofu cat litter to Ireland, which was the first Um, we were the first company to do that. And now that is, again, I think it's an exploding topic in the U S. Um, so we sell tons of that as well. Um, so yeah, cats is, is a growing, a growing market, but like I said, wild bird, funny enough is bigger than cats right now. So people. That's so very surprising. It's crazy. It's crazy. You know, people feeding the robins and the, all sorts of birds, they, you know, they attract to their gardens.
0: Very interesting. Um. So I have one last question to you today, which is: You are very up to date, and you are—you seem to be very creative, innovative in your industry, and uh, and still very young, right? So well, I don't—I don't know if I look at it. I my—I've got a three-year-old and a one-year-old, and uh, I,
1: I've definitely aged, put it that way. I'm I'm thirty, <laughs> I'm thirty-two now, and I feel like I've uh, I've been round the block a bit, yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm in the same age, actually. Uh, yeah. How are you?
1: You look younger than me.
0: <laughs> I don't have kids.
1: Yeah, exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Having that balance is is tough, um, but it helps working in a family business because you know I'm effectively
0: my own boss. So if I need to be home, yeah. I'm home. And uh, yeah, so what are your sources uh, to learn about entrepreneurship, business? Um, more like personal relationships or or you read some books you watch content online or what what are the main things for you i watch such like varied content you
1: know and i try to pick out pieces from all sorts of people you mm-hmm. know um one of the the big ones i like is the digital marketing podcast which is a uk-based one mm-hmm. they're I, most of them are only about half an hour long and it's really the
0: host of that one
1: I don't know who the, what the host is called, but yeah, it's the digital marketing podcast. It's been going quite a long time. Um, I've utilized some of the information that I've got there. Um, For instance, I use um, an AI tool that helps me track our competitors. I I found Mm -hmm. it on there. Um, Look, Stephen Bartlett is obviously a huge one. Um, You know, I listen to Stephen Bartlett most weeks and then there's the, the the 2x e-commerce podcast as well which is quite insightful um so if yeah. i if i move out of say the joe rogan's and the comedy type podcast yeah we yeah. really focus on e-commerce ones i'm not i'm not an avid reader i don't i don't have much time to be honest uh, with with two young kids so it, it is mainly podcasts that i I'll, i will chuck on um but yeah, big shout out the digital marketing podcast is one of the best for me. Um, and yeah, I think they they push out one or two a week.
0: Yeah, actually, I I, uh, I know the others that you mentioned, but not this one. I I need to check this out. And I guess they talk about all kinds of marketing, right? Oh,
1: you know they and they they do updates as well and recaps. So they, you know, it could be a couple of months, and they'll have a big recap on what they've talked about as well, which is handy if you can't get through all the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're very much on top of everything, you know. Obviously, AI is a hot topic at the moment, and they talk a lot about that and which tools to utilise. And I'm no different. I'm sure to to anyone else, uh, you know, I'm 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 using AI. it helps a lot, but they, they talk about, you know, email marketing. It could be email segmentation. It could be looking at personas. It could be how to use Clavio correctly. Um, it, it is quite insightful, particularly for a small business like us, just to take a few points and run with it. And I think there's still huge opportunities in, in the marketing space for us. Um, Pets is still growing massively. It, it really is. It's it's kind of crazy how how big it's become.
0: Yeah, Yeah, that's great. So shout out to these podcasts and we will put the descriptions of them in, or sorry, we will put the links of into the description of this episode. So everyone can find these. And, uh, thanks again for sharing your story here and, and your ideas, because I think many business owners, they can learn from these subscription content, emails, how to see the different sub niches in your industry, cats, dogs wild birds i'm sure everyone has these categories in their own niche so very insightful conversation and uh, i'm very happy that you were here today and also i'm very happy that you know those people who listen to the podcast today i'm i'm very happy that uh yeah you were here as well and uh, every week we come out with two new episodes so stay tuned everyone and uh, also i We'll put a link into the description, which is a 50-point checklist. Everyone can download it for free. It's uh, for our listeners to audit around email marketing. So thanks again, everyone, and have a great day. Thank you so much for having me, Daniel. I really appreciate it.